0: welcome to this week's episode of soccer neophytes podcast lucky milner a Wisa winner huang can score and we head into the international break Gentlemen, how you doing? Greetings. How's it going?
1: What up, Nate?
0: <laughs> We're only audio, but I wish these are one of those times I wish we had a YouTube channel, which Chris you've <laughs> you've requested. But Kemi's got this just hot blue light in his room,
1: it.
0: <laughs> He's got some Red Bull and vodka to
2: make <laughs> late time late a, night reporting. Set my own vibe. <laughs>
1: He's currently That's drinking time. out of a bottle of Hennessy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a bucket of <laughs> Hennessy. A
0: bucket. Uh, well, we're gonna jump right into Kemi. You focused on uh, Leicester and Crystal Palace. Yeah. In some ways, if it, you know, for a neophyte, a game with goals is great, and so um, that one had goals. So yeah. tell us, tell us about it. What are your, what were your impressions? I know you were focusing on Leicester. Um,
2: but what'd you come away with for a team that I assumed was pronounced like Easter before actually getting into this podcast that was the second most fun I've had watching um I it for me it goes back to the crowd um it was cool actually because the Leicester it was a Leicester home game home match and their their fans were rambunctious but when Crystal Palace did anything, it, it sound like they had a fair amount of fans there. Also, it was actually so was pretty, at Crystal Palace. Was it at Crystal Palace? Yeah. Flip it then. Everything Where I just is. said, flip it on its head. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm a sucker for a good crowd, and that was fun. That gets me. That gets me going. Um, this one was a two-two draw. This one was fun because oh, it was interesting. I felt like Leicester left goals on the field. Okay. I felt like they're. Um, especially early, they had that early they called it a set piece. Um, whoever knows what that means, explain it to me later. Um, that they had an opportunity they blew. They had a couple opportunities that it felt like they. I've I've taken out my own term, so I called it soft footing. Maybe that's actually a term, but it looks like they could have this opportunity could have been a bit more of this, and they missed these opportunities. But um, two two draw. Lester had the the commanding lead. I think. Crystal Palace scored in the second half their two goals for it to end in the draw. But it was um, it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it a whole lot. And Ian Acho with the first goal. So my countrymen coming through first goal of the match. So that was a fun one. Lester, I can see. I don't know anything about aside from what we chatted about in this pod. Um, I don't know where they stand, to be honest with you, but I had a lot of fun watching Lester.
0: Yeah. I'm glad they put a, put up a good performance, which in some ways it was actually not a good performance. They sh- they probably should have come away with, with three points in that match, but, um, but I'm glad they put up a performance that was enjoyable for you because yeah. they, they are a fan favorite here on the pod crystal palace too, in some ways has been as well. They've got the best kits in my opinion. I just, I love crystal palaces kits every, every year. Um, But yeah. Lester's interesting guys. I mean, they're not performing well. They lost. I think they lost in Europa this week as well. They just, something's off there with them. I don't know where they sit right now, but it's, it's not where they're used to sitting.
2: Where are they? Like 11th, 12th, 11th or 12th like that. I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if that was a, if that was a subpar performance from them, what it would take to get them to step up because it was a, I I enjoy I enjoyed I I don't know much about the game, but I could tell that there something was missing. It felt like something was missing every time they'd push aside from their two goals. It felt like there was there could have been like something more to that should have been a goal and that should have been a goal and that should have been a stop. But I actually I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, and I think the problem is like not the not the goal scoring, but their the opponent. Like Crystal Palace really isn't that strong of a team. And so Leicester, the Leicester of the last four or five years where they've been pushing top six, top seven, um, you would expect them to beat beat crystal palace. And it's not a draw at crystal palace. You want to get a point on the road so that the result just stand alone isn't problematic, but they sit at 13th. They have drawn their last two. They lost the two before that. um, they're behind Wolverhampton, which says something because we we've kind of talked how Wolverhampton is underperformed already. So um for Leicester to be sitting behind Wolverhampton, um it's and just barely above Crystal Palace and Watford Leeds, it's just not where we're used to seeing them. And so I think that's that's where it's problematic. I think on its own or kind of in a vacuum you probably are happy, you know, watching that club and they're a fun club to watch. But but contextually, um, it's not where we'd expect them to be.
3: I do think, though, like over the last year plus with COVID when there weren't fans or there weren't very many fans, like we – we, I mean, I don't know what the actual breakdown is, but it seems like it was almost a, like a 50-50. Like it didn't really matter which team was home and which was away. You know, like you would look – you know, we would make our predictions. I'm sure when you guys are doing the lock it in – it would be much less of a factor where, where it was being played. But I mean, I didn't get to watch that game. Uh, Kemi, it sounds, sounds like there were like fans from both like vocal fans from both, both clubs. But, um, but I think those things happen, man. Like a, a worse team drawing at home, I don't think is that uncommon. And especially when Lester just isn't firing on all cylinders, shouldn't be that surprising. But again, I didn't watch it. So I don't know what's going wrong
1: with them. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, I'm just glad that Jamie Vardy and Ian Acho scored. Cause that's who we told you to watch for. That's right.
0: Yep. The other thing, I don't know if you've, I, I don't know if we've mentioned it this season, but they say two and being up two nil is the most dangerous scoreline in the game. And this was, this match was proof of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if it statistically plays out or if it's more of um, just happenstance, but it, often it feels like it, when you're up two zero, if you don't put them away, the team you leave a space for the team to come back and draw or even beat you.
2: So especially
3: if it's early, early in the game, right? Whether that could have been three left, or four
2: yeah. nil early before the half, and it should have been a different game, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know Leicester enough to say they did this or they did that, but it definitely could have been easily three or four nil at the half. Mm. Yep.
0: Well, let's turn to the other big match of the weekend. Uh, that was Liverpool City. Obviously, two of the title contending teams. Um, Tim, this is your club. Why don't you take it away? Give us, obviously super exciting. Again, another two, two draw, um, very exciting back and forth affair.
3: Yeah. So I was in Mexico this weekend, so I, um, was only able to catch up with it last night, but, um, but yeah, really, really, really interesting game. I mean, the first half, um, it seemed like both sides were really sloppy. Um, there were, there were moments of like things clicking for both teams, but, um, City started looking dangerous around the twentieth minute. I think it was when Foden almost scored for the first time. Um, but both teams were just really, I thought, underwhelming. I mean, these are arguably the two best teams in the league. I know, I know, you teased uh, Chelsea City that way last week, and United's in that conversation for sure. But like, these are two two of the best teams in the world, and you just expect like a thrilling, like a thrilling game from start to finish. And they both just looked out of sorts at first. Um, obviously the big storyline Foden was giving Milner all kinds of trouble uh, just the whole time I mean it was Good. he was clearly overmatched Milner was clearly overmatched but I mean he's I looked it up he's turning 36 Milner's th- turning 36 uh, in like a month or two Foden's 21 20, 20, 21, 21. Yeah. Uh, Milner's playing out of position he's a midfielder filling in for injured Trent Alexander-Arnold and right back so like it wasn't his strongest position, and it was just a brutal matchup, right? So obviously he got into foul trouble, got the or got the first yellow card, should have gotten a second yellow card. Like
0: so you agree that Yeah, you... I
3: I mean it seems like it seems pretty obvious that he should have gotten it. And um I mean Pep took his jacket off. Pep so, did take I his mean, jacket off.
0: That that's pretty that's pretty serious. Pep was Pep was fuming on the side.
3: Was anyone the- able to decipher the letters on the back? they like stacked. Like M- there was an M and a C in there, but then two other letters.
0: Yeah. I didn't know what, what shirt he was wearing. He wasn't making a statement. I don't think he planned on
3: taking his jacket off. He's like, <laughs> Dumb it!" his wife's like, I told you not to wear that shirt. under your jacket." <laughs> yeah. But I think, I mean, I think uh, Milner probably should have been sent off. I mean, it was telling that he was subbed off pretty quickly after that. Like <laughs> he was, he was, go- his legs were gone. He was, you know, I think that, Making a mistake, what do I know about soccer? But, like, it seems like a mistake like that is you're just exhausted and you're desperate and you're sticking your leg out to try to stop something. Um, I know but, I'm
0: 43, which isn't 36, and I know <laughs> Titus is 9, not 20. But, dude, I can barely keep up with Titus for, like, 10 <laughs> minutes. So, I can't imagine uh, yeah, Milner, man. what Milner is suffering out there going yeah. up.
3: There's a um, – there's a Facebook group called Boring James Milner. <laughs> and it's just like making it just makes fun of him because he's he's been a really good player for a very long time. Like he won he won a title with City before coming over to Liverpool. He's been really good for a really long time, but he's like the quintessential boring middle-aged man on a soccer soccer pitch. So I, I just have to read you his his official state or boring James Milner's official statement. Some say I should have been sent off. Not for me, a slight touch on Mr. Silva. Good work, referee. Kind regards, James Milner. So um, just had to share that. But yeah, so it was, it was kind of a, a bizarre game in that regard with just like sloppiness in the first half, but man, Liverpool came out in the second half. It was still scoreless at, at the half. Yeah. So for all of the ways that Milner was being beaten and others on the team were being beaten, it was still scoreless at the half. Um Liverpool looked way better in the second half. And, I mean, Salah's goal, I mean, spoiler alert, goal of the week, like, in my mind, like, it was exquisite. It was, it was ex- like, when you, when you consider the opponent, like, City has a nearly impenetrable defense, right? Um, last season's player of the year wrote it, uh, voted by the uh, sports writers in Diaz. Edison has had five consecutive clean sheets coming into the game. Like it's you. There's no better like defense to penetrate than that. And um Salah outmaneuvers. I, at first, I was like, "Man, he outmaneuvers like two or three of them." But I went back and I rewatched it. He gets through six city players, seven if you count Edison, and then Kyle Walker kind of moseys over. Like he's nearest the goal line when the ball goes in. He's but there like, just
0: to piss Chris off.
3: Exactly. Yeah. But, so, I mean, like, he gets through six, seven, eight of City's players, like, who are all involved in him running through. It's just, like, I think, like, there's very few players in the world who are playing better than Salah right now. Uh, like, he's playing better than Messi and Ronaldo right now. So, it's, like, he's on top of his game. So, I really should have picked him for uh, Golden Boot earlier, but in the preseason predictions, my Lukaku pick, my Lukaku pick isn't looking that good anymore. But, um Yeah. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you'll take a, you'll take a point against city. It's, I mean, you want the three points at home for sure for bragging rights and all of that, but it was a well-fought game. City earned their goals. I mean, Foden's goal was great. De Bruyne's goal was great. Um, So I'm glad it wasn't a loss, bummed it wasn't a win, but we're sitting in second place, heading into the break. So can't feel too bad about that.
0: Yeah. I just want to talk about one other, there was some, the, was it, Ma, did Mane score the first goal?
3: Yeah, he did. That, I don't that
0: know, movement.
2: Like
0: yeah. That movement between Jota, Mane, Sala, the way they moved the ball up the pitch um, Jota yeah, moving to one side, taking the defender with them, Mane running across the pass from Salah. That's the, that's the type of stuff that's so beautiful that when you, I don't, I wouldn't notice it like just in a match. I'm not that good yet, but having someone like slow it down and break it down for, for me and, and show me what they're doing is just, it's amazing. There was some of that actually yeah. happening with, with wolves. We'll talk about it in my two minutes, but. Um,
3: and again, to see them, to see them doing that against city, it's one thing to pull of that course. off, to pull that off against Norwich or Watford or whatever. Yeah. Watford. sorry, Watford um but to do it against city it's like that's these guys are at the top of their game
0: hey while we're talking about anfield did you guys know this fact that the pitch sizes are different every field has a different pitch size or many of them have different pitch sizes only because of ted lasso ted lasso
2: (laughs) Yes, i had to look it up to see if it was real
3: yeah,
0: I messaged our good buddy Stu, and I was like, "Is this true?" They mentioned it in Ted Lasso, and sure enough, so Anfield. Is I, yeah, one of I this, had
3: no idea before that either.
0: Anfield's this one of the smallest pitches in the Premier League, and I think they can't host any European major European competitions because
2: of it.
3: Oh wow!
2: But what's the what's the why? Because it would, would make no sense if. American football or basketball had different size fields or courts.
0: I think it's because of the historical uh, size of the stadiums. So certain stadiums, they just can't make the pitch big enough. So they allow for some sort of buffer. So like newer stadiums are able to make them the large pitch size, like Etihad, um, old Trafford has a large pitch too, but I don't know. I mean, why that is necessarily. So, fascinating you know. Yeah.
3: It is crazy, though, when so many of the stadiums – like, Anfield is a historic stadium, but you wouldn't know it by looking at it because it's been rebuilt and, you know, like, there's layers upon layers of new construction and there's a new round underway to extend the Anfield roadside. But it's like you would think that they could have – like, maybe there's some of those old – um Craven Cottage and places like that where it's just there's no room because there's like pubs all around the stadium or whatever. But you would think with these stadiums that they could they could make them uniform if they wanted to. So I wonder if they're even just okay with the ambiguity of it. Kind of like, hey, like home field advantage, right? Like the character of it. Yeah, the character of it. And each each field plays a little different because they they talk about that as well. Kind of like baseball, that the different pitches play differently. So,
2: more like tennis, clay, first grass, first. Versus- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other match I
0: wanted to, to just mention briefly before we get into uh, Wolves and Manchester United, uh, Brentford pulls off another miracle. Uh, I watched almost all of that match. Um, Brentford took an early lead, um, West Ham in the second half just battered them battered 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 finally got a goal in there to to bring it uh, equal and then and they they continued battling um really west ham was was putting the pressure on brentford and i mentioned this when brentford played wolves and i think tim you might have mentioned this too i've seen a lot of people kind of bitching about Brentford's style of play online it seems like a little bit of excuse making to me wolves fans included but that they play kind of dirty tacket tactics. They play only aggressive for like 10 minutes and then they just sit back and they waste time and they, they dick around a little bit, but I found, I find them very disciplined. Um, they don't make a lot of mistakes and you can win a lot of games that way. And so, uh, so I'd been making breakfast. We've got this great little iPhone stand. So most of the matches that aren't wolves, I watch on my iPhone while I'm making breakfast on Saturday, Sunday morning. And so I was making breakfast, watching the match. It goes into like the third minute. And I was like, I was basically done with the waffles. So I just turned the match off and it wasn't until a couple hours (laughs) later, I saw that Brentford had actually scored a winner in like the 93rd or 94th minute. So, um, and it was a great, great goal too. Kind of just a volley from Wisa. Um, it seemed like there was a lot of those type of goals this week. I think I don't know if Marcial's was a was a volley, but but just some screamers. Chilwell had a good one this week too. Um mm-hmm. multiple goals like that. But Brentford, man, they they are sitting. Where are they? Eighth?
3: You're Seven, seventh. Three.
0: Brentford is seventh right now. Um, Say what you want. I mean, we're only, you know, 20% into the season. So there's a lot of season left, but, but to be sitting at seventh as a newly promoted club um, and beating good, good sides, West Ham's playing in Europe. They finished top six last year, obviously drawing with Liverpool, beating wolves, um, beating Arsenal. It's exciting.
3: And they're and they're not far behind them in the table either. It's not just last year's success. Like West Ham is is right there with them. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. West Ham's played great this year. They've been yeah.
1: They've been a really solid club. My question to you guys: Is it too early to give out the Wolves award? Can we just give it out now? <laughs> How seconded, many? Second. Brentford
0: has twelve points. Norwich has one. Watford oh, has seven. Watford could still catch him. Norwich Norwich has, you guys, Norwich don't, don't talk
1: about Norwich. Don't talk about Norwich. has
0: two goals. Two goals. I know Wolves maybe only have like four or five, but Norwich has two goals. In seven games. In seven games. I was joking about Wolves. Wolves actually only have five. I don't know how we have that many points, but... Um, <laughs> two goals in seven matches that's that's horrible it's sad
3: brentford has 50 percent more points than the other promoted teams combined that's some quick math right there late on a monday night
0: very well done chris i know you don't really want to and fortunately for your sake we're only giving you two minutes this week but um (laughs) Give us give us two minutes, your two-minute breakdown of United and their effort, if you want to call it that, against
1: Everton. I feel like uh, – I mean, you can put the timer away. This is not going two minutes. Um, <laughs> it goes faster than you think. No, I'm good. I can just drink a beer for a minute and a half. And, uh, yeah, and just say, like,
3: well, that sucked.
1: Yeah, there's uh, – you know, honestly, there's not much to talk about. I mean, there's, you know, two higher clubs on the table, one-one uh, draw, a strange lineup from Ole. All the Ole haters are out and they're back. Um, I don't know. It's, just, it's I'm trying to figure this squad out because they started out really well and now they struggled for two weeks. Um, I think it was Gary Neville who said, they have one of the best collections of talent in the world. But they don't play as a team they play as a bunch of individuals and that's why this team will not win anything and i thought that was really interesting because i mean just not knowing much about the sport or trying to learn about the sport um i kind of that sat with me because it's like i think he's right like this is such a great collection of players they don't play together they don't you watch city versus liverpool And there's play design and there's structure and there's forms and formations and you watch United and it's just get the ball to this guy and they come up the same way every time. Okay, that didn't work. All right. Well, let's try the other side this time. Let's just go to the other side, Um, which is really frustrating. And so I think that not knowing much, a lot of people blame Ole for that, which I think that that could be a, a pretty big managerial thing. He's always said he's about the players. He's not about the tactics and I feel like at this point, like, he needs to be coming about the tactics because they have the players. So just a strange time right now to be a United fan. Um, someone posted the other day the standings of from this time last season. They were in 14th. They had three losses already, and the world was falling. My two minutes is up. Um, but, you know, compared to where they were last year, I guess it's not as bad. Um, you know, they haven't lost. They just keep drawing, uh, or sorry, they did lose two weeks ago. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It's not as bad as it was last year, but it's still kind of like you want your club to succeed. So.
0: And your expectations are probably higher than last year too. the Ronaldo yeah. factor. I mean, sure.
3: <laughs> well, and even before Ronaldo came in, there was so much buzz about, about the transfer window, right. With uh, yeah. Veron Ver- Ver- and and Sancho and, is there
1: another one in there? Uh, Ronaldo was the last of that. The Ronaldo, and I think I, I think this club is truly missing Marcus Rashford, which sounds like sounds no. like he could be back after the international break. Which mm-hmm. him him and Shaw just they are the ones who play together really really well, and they haven't found anyone to play that you know that front left side with Shaw. It's just not working with Sancho. It's certainly not working with Martial even though he finally scored, but he went out injured, so he'll probably be out for another six months. Um, I mean, is, Pogba,
0: is Has Pogba entered into his midseason form? And what I mean by that is you don't, you don't even know where he is for, like, midseason. Well, he's still
3: sitting on seven assists, which I think he got in week one. So <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, he's I think he still leads the league in assists. I don't, he does, I don't yeah. know for sure, but, yeah, he's got yeah, seven he assists. Like he didn't start this match he came in at like the 65th minute mark it, it, like it's like is Ole trying to do something he didn't start ronaldo he didn't start pogba in this game like it was just a weird Ole lineup that he loves you know yeah he's just probably weird. trying
0: to manage with the midweek champions right. that you, i would imagine i would imagine but even then um you're playing everton who's right behind you in the league they're not a bad club um so it's, it, I agree. It does seem like an odd time to rest players right before international break. Yeah. It feels like he could have played, he could have started those guys and rested them, given them the international break, even though most of them will be playing for their, their nations.
1: Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's just a strange time, but like I said, they were sitting in 14th position with three losses at this point last year. So it's a long season. They've got time to figure it out and hopefully they do. Um, Yeah. I don't know.
0: All right, well, we'll talk about a little happier topic, and that is Wolves. I will start my two minutes. Uh, It appears that Wolves have finally found someone who can finish. Uh, Huang uh, scored twice, and they were like the exact same goal from two opposite sides of the pitch, both assisted by Raul, and that's really exciting. If Raul has someone, a playmaker that he can play with, these guys can score goals together. And so both plays were, were Huang kind of running across the field um, and Raul just threading a pass straight to him um, and him scoring from a tough angle. And I think that's that's what matters. We had Trincao. Actually, Huang made a great pass across to Trincao, which he thundered off the crossbar. <laughs> but it was basically a wide-open goal. He had everywhere to shoot and he hit the crossbar. And I think that's been what's happened with Wolves all season, people missing rather e- easy goals, whether it's, you know, Traore, as we've seen most, most of the time earlier in the season, but Trincao later, we need someone who can score when the opportunity is given to him and Huang's proving to be that guy. So very exciting. Uh, Raul had to assist. Uh, there was a bit of controversy. The one goal that wolves led in, um, Jose saw came out, uh, to challenge for a ball. He got crushed by, I don't even remember who it was from Newcastle. Uh, the referee didn't stop play, which he has the right to do that. Typically they protect goalies kind of like quarterbacks. And so, typically they would blow a whistle and stop play, but they let play resume and saw kind of lays on the ground for a while, holding his shoulder and Newcastle gets possession again. And and Hendricks puts a goal in as saw kind of lumbers back, back in. So that was only been a controversy, um, but that's the end of my time, but I'm stoked. Wolves have won two matches in a row. This is the, this is the part of their schedule that they need to be winning um they they play a bunch of weaker uh kind of lower half of the table teams and so the hope would be this is where we need to be getting our three points the Brentford loss was a tough one but we got Aston Villa next and so that's a big derby
1: yeah well I mean the Brentford loss might be a tough one but it's not a bad one Mm. At
0: home, at home, you'd still hope to beat a team like that. They're kind of unknown. commodity. I agree. It's not a bad one. It's proving to be less and less of a bad one. It's kind of like our 4-0 loss to West Ham last year. I mean, 4-0 against anyone's bad. Like you don't want to lose to Manchester United 4-0 or City 4-0. But I remember losing to West Ham last year 4-0 and just being like, gosh, how do we lose to West Ham 4-0? And now they're playing in Europa. So um, maybe Brentford is that type of team this year where when we look back we'll think oh that two nil loss to Brentford wasn't as bad as it felt
3: well and you've got to be feeling good about Raul too I mean scoring last week and two assists this week like just hopefully even any pressure he was facing or any confidence issues or anything like that he's just he's back
0: yeah on the Wolves fan cast one of the guys asked a great question this week he said if Raul didn't score last week do you think he makes those passes this week? Mm. And I thought, what a, what a great question. Probably not because last week when he, on the goal, he scored, he should have passed. Like he had potent uh-huh. wide open, but I think he was pressing so much to get that first goal in to open his account. Yes. as They say um, that, that he scored. And so again, I think if, if Raul and Huang create a good partnership, that's going to, that's going to be really great for Wolves. Cause I think Huang's pass to Trinkau was really good. Um, and so I, he's got that ability as well, not just as a goal scorer, but as someone who can set up the play as well. There was one red card, <laughs> this week. uh, a, another fan favorite podcast favorite James Ward Prowse, the, uh, the amazing set piece taker, um, he got a red card. He had scored. He's on my uh, fantasy team. So I saw he scored a penalty, which I was stoked about. And then he got a red card that like took away a couple of points, which was super discouraging. But, uh, did you guys see his red card by any chance? He came in hard from behind on someone's ankles. They gave him a yellow at first, then they went and reviewed it through VAR and changed Mm -hmm. it to a red. It probably could have gone either way, but It was definitely an aggressive tackle from behind, which doesn't doesn't usually lead to uh, yellows.
3: That's right.
0: Guys, this has the potential to be our last American watch for a little while. (laughs) Um, It's just barely worth doing anymore. (laughs) The Americans in the Premier League one isn't even playing the other one it's hard to know if he's playing or not uh Norwich is so bad they have two goals as we mentioned earlier Pookie has both of them uh they have six shots this season too the Americans the Americans sorry the Americans not Norwich um yeah
3: Norwich may have seven or so
0: (laughs) they may not have much more but um yeah, the Americans only have six shots this season. They have one goal that was sick, I think, in the first match of the season. Um, mm. So I am proposing a suspension of American watch until something significant happens. All in yeah. favor? Makes sense. I say do it. Something significant could be Pulisic coming back after international break, but so we may not take any break from this. But um, the way Chelsea's playing, he may not. He may have to work him, himself into that that squad, anyways. So, so we'll see. But um, for all the excitement heading into this season with the Americans, they have been non-existent.
1: Do we? I know this doesn't apply to the Premier League right now, but is Pulisic? Um healthy enough to be playing during the international break or is he still sitting out? He's
0: still sitting out. Yeah. He's not on the squad.
1: These guys are all just resting up for
3: Qatar 2022 for next November, December. They're just making sure that they are totally fresh.
0: For Americans no to mi- no shock the world. on
3: their bodies. That's right.
0: For the Americans to shock the world. That leads us to goal of the week, which is, we've already kind of talked about it's way easier to celebrate like beautiful strikes. Um, I think that's what I typically look for. Um, but, but that, that goal by, by Sala was, was a thing of beauty.
3: The other thing I wanted to, the other thing I wanted to say about that goal that I said, how he kind of like went through six, seven, eight guys, he also scored it on his weak foot. Like, he almost always shoots with his left. So, like, so that's just an added element, too. Like, it was, like, an unnatural – I mean, nothing's really unnatural with him, but, like, it was his unnatural foot to score it on, which is an added – like, he gets added points
1: for that. I do think it's – now, I'm not taking away from Mo's goal. Um, it better was, not be. It was awesome. No, No, nothing to say about that. But I did like how easily you breezed off the Kevin De Bruyne goal in uh, in that <laughs> yeah. match, which followed up, which was a beautiful strike as well.
3: And Foden's was also, yeah. They were both great goals.
1: And the assist, Salah's assist to Mane on that first goal, I thought was just ridiculous as well. So Absolutely. four like awesome
0: goals. Yeah, that whole run of play. I mean, I already mentioned it, but that whole run of play with Jota's movement and yeah. Mane and. So thankful for people to explain that to me because that stuff's so fun to see. Yeah. It was like, we went to, I'll just give this analogy. We went and saw Hamilton uh, on Sunday uh, live. It was very amazing. And watching Hamilton on Disney plus from like the television viewpoint, what is like amazing. It's beautiful. But we were in the, like upper, upper decks and watching it down on top of it gave me an appreciation for the play that was totally Mm. unlike anything else that I recognized and noticed things that I'd never noticed before. And we've watched Hamilton a lot in this house. And so I feel like that's kind of like football. You can appreciate these goals. You can watch it, but when someone's there to show you like from a different angle, watch this movement from here to here and see what they're doing. It's so helpful.
3: When you you saw it at Gamage, right? We did at ASU. That that place is so steep. Very, like, steep. you really are looking down on the stage if you're up up high.
0: And we were up high. I wanted to add celebrations of the week. I just think there's something there's something to celebrate with really excellent celebrations and. There really weren't any excellent celebrations, but what I noticed multiple times this week, because it rained at basically every match, at least the Saturday matches, was it raining for Liverpool?
3: I don't think so. Not that I noticed. I think it was
0: just the Saturday matches. Every match, it was raining. And uh, the knee slides, Huang's knee slide and uh, Chalaba's knee slide for Chelsea they leave these like beautiful tracks. They slide so far. They slide extra far in the rain. And they leave these just rad tracks down down the pitch. So um, very much appreciated those celebrations. Any other celebrations that I missed?
1: Um, not that I can think of. Uh, the only one that stuck out in my mind was for a bad reason. And <laughs> it was... Um, is in the United-Everton game. The Everton goal scorer, gosh, I'm totally blanking. Um, oh, Townsend, Townsend scored it. Andros. Uh, yeah, yeah he, uh, he did the Ronaldo jump, spin, arms out. I'm okay. like, uh, I don't know if you should be nah. doing that in Old for <laughs> I don't know. But whatever. You scored a goal. Congrats.
0: He's actually having a decent yeah, season
3: there.
1: Yeah, he's a good little player. I got nothing, got nothing against him.
0: He's a former Crystal Palace guy scoring goals yeah. over there at Everton.
1: Okay, so...
3: And another, I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, I do need to ask this because this is my own fault for not knowing, but where the hell is Lamptey?
0: Dude, I love Lamptey.
1: He's is he hurt?
0: No. I, when I was watching the Brighton match last Monday... Uh, the one where they they won it last minute. Um, they were talking about bringing him in off the bench. So I think he's available and he's just not playing.
3: Hmm.
0: What a bummer. I know. We love Lamptey. I love Lamptey. I love Lamptey. Well, well let's move over to Lock It In Review. Uh, gentlemen, I... I don't know what's happening but I'm on fire. I picked Wolves over Newcastle. I moved to 7 and 0. Oh. Uh Chris, uh Tim lost after a good run. He <sighs> had united over Everton uh which was a draw so he moves to 5 and 2. Chris picked up a win, Chelsea over Southampton and Kemi had Liverpool over City which we all admired him for his bravery of that pick but that moves him (laughs) to two and five
3: um
0: he had to drop off the call um he which i'm very thankful for is taking villa over wolves this week which i feel (laughs) like is good is good news for wolves um (laughs) chris who are you taking
1: uh, I, you know, I thought this was a tough week to, to pick. Uh, a lot of, lot of hard matches in there, but um, the stupidity in me is taking Manchester United on the road against Leicester City, just with Leicester's struggles and United just plays really well on the road. I'm going with it.
0: Yeah, United on the road's a good pick. Tim?
3: I'm going Liverpool over let's see how i do here over a nice little club called wofford
0: well done i'm taking how did, how did i do on that i think it's approved It's okay all right yeah.
3: Sorry, yeah. Approved. sorry sorry approved by
0: chris yep i'm taking chelsea over brentford um it's at brentford Whew. maybe maybe ballsy but it shows i really think uh I think Chelsea is great and I think they can overcome this scrappy Brentford team. So Kemi, this week, you are going to feature Watford. Give me everything. What do I need to know? Well, first, Chris, help us pronounce it because uh, we always say it uh, with two, two syllables with two syllables Watford. But when we, in our first season, um, our guest tried to help us pronounce it and I can never do it. So.
1: It's actually quite simple. Just say Watford, but really fast. So it's just Watford.
2: Watford. <laughs> Watford. Does it intentionally Watford. end up sounding like Wafford? Sure. If that's what you want to go with.
3: I mean, it's still two syllables. You're just taking the T out effectively. Just
2: Watford. Watford.
3: Watford. Yeah. Just Watford. Watford.
0: Watford. Yeah. Watford. That, <laughs> this might actually be the most interesting thing about this squad. The
2: pronunciation of of their name.
0: (laughs) I don't know if that's true. It's so (laughs) ironic. Tim and I, or Chris and I were both really high on Watford back in our first season. We both are so thankful we didn't choose them. One, because they got relegated the following year. And two, I just don't like them at all. (laughs) Like,
1: I'm so (laughs) happy.
2: I'm so happy.
1: They're not easy to watch. They're not pleasing to the eye by any means. They're not a fun watch. Uh, it's crazy to think back has been stated on here many times. As I walked into Nate's house for our final episode of the season, they were sitting in a driver's seat for my team. And,
2: uh, <laughs> I
1: can't be more happy that I changed my mind as we were recording. Yeah. They,
0: I mean, they do have a couple of players that are interesting to watch. I don't think either of them were on the team back when we first featured them. Uh, the first is Ismala Sar. He has four goals this year for them. Um, he's an exciting player to keep your eye on. They, they too have a Nigerian, Emmanuel yeah. Dennis. Okay. Um, he's got a t- couple goals and assists this year. Um, they have a guy, Joshua King. He has a couple assists. He played for Bournemouth for many years. Bournemouth was in the Premier League for a while. They got relegated two years ago last year. I don't really remember, but. Uh, then he went and spent his, it must've been two years ago. Cause last year he played with Everton this year, he's with Watford. So he's kind of journeyed around the last couple of seasons. Um, he's getting a little older though. And speaking of old, they have a very old keeper, a 38 year old Ben Foster. Um, he's been around obviously for a long time. Um, and that's about it as far as players go. They played a uh, place called Vicarage Road, um, guys. I I mean that's that's I've I've said as much as I can. I am
3: um, <laughs> uh, unable to shed any additional light.
1: I think he nailed Watford.
2: Watford, Wofford, Wofford. Wofford. Uh, I'll let Watford's play do the rest of the talking.
0: Yeah, the most exciting thing about that match will be that they're playing Liverpool.
2: So I get to see Liverpool again. I'll take it. You do. do. I mean, Wofford, I get to see Wofford. I feel like it's becoming
1: intentional at this point, Kemi.
2: No, not even a little bit. Yeah. But Uh, you got to wake up at four 30. So that's, that was your choice. I got a one-year-old. I'll be up at three. I'll be ready to go (laughs) convert her to a soccer fan. We've all been there.
0: We've all been there. We do not have premier league football this upcoming weekend guys. That means we'll get to sleep in a little bit. Our Monday nights will be a little more relaxed. Um, But we do have international football. Uh, A lot of World Cup qualifying going on right now. It's that season where teams are trying to qualify. Uh, U.S. plays Jamaica, I believe, on Friday. And then they have Panama and Costa Rica. So um, we'll see. Hopefully – there's no Christian Pulisic, but a lot of other exciting Americans to watch. Will you guys try and watch any of those matches, U.S.?
3: Yeah, I'll definitely try to. I'll, oh. be, in Mexi- I'll, I'll be in Mexico again next weekend, so we'll see See how that goes.
1: Rick, I'm not committing to anything here,
0: but I'm going to try.
3: <laughs> oh, USA
0: Jamaica is actually on Thursday, gentlemen. So. Oh, nice. That bodes well for me. I think my wife and kids are going up north. It's fall break for the for the kids. So I think they're going up north, which means I'll have the house to myself, which sounds like a little USA Jamaica is going to happen Thursday afternoon. Nice. Nice. Well, with that, gentlemen, I think it's a wrap.
1: Yeah, that's it. International break.
0: Rest up
3: feels like we just had an international break. Yeah, it really does. We did.
0: We did. This feels quick. We need to rest because uh, winter's coming. That's right. (laughs) The matches will come fast and furious. That's right.
1: Well, there's only one thing left to say then. Glazers out. All right.